No judgment, just raw and unfiltered answers. Starting now on the He Said What show with your host, Simply Bree. for tuning in tonight. I am your host, Simply Bree. Give yourselves a round of applause. Yes, thank you so much. Tonight, oh my goodness, getting over the fear of emotions. This show, of course, is He Said What? And if this is your first time tuning in, I'm sure you're like, He Said What? Getting over emotion. What, what are you talking about? What is this show all about? Well, he said, "What is a platform for all of my male guests? This is where they come on and they answer very important questions that women want to know the answers to. Why are men afraid of commitment? Um, does does the amount of children that a woman has matter to a man if he really loves her?" Why do men clam up when women tell them that they love them? You know, questions like that. And they come here, and they're honest, and they're transparent, and they're speaking from their own personal perspective. So please, at the end of the show, do not go on a witch hunt and, you know, go into their DMs and talk trash or whatever the case may be. And and I haven't heard any complaints about it, but I'm just saying, let's appreciate the fact that we have men that are willing to discuss these said topics with us. I was just in all this talking, and I'm sure you guys didn't hear me. So I'm going to say it again. If you guys are wondering what is He Said What all about, He Said What is a platform where our male guests come on, they're transparent with us, they're answering questions on Um, why are men afraid of commitment? Does the amount of children women have matter if he really loves her? And speaking of love, why do men clam up when a woman tells him that she loves him? So those type of questions, plus many more, they come on and they're honest with us. They're transparent with us. And they're telling us the raw and rugged truth. So please, please, please let's Let's be appreciative of the fact that men want to answer these questions. They have a lot to say. So if you have questions that you feel I haven't asked on your behalf, the phone number is 515-602-9647, and you're going to press the number one, and that we will know you have something to say and we'll bring you up. Now, 
if you are interested in advertising on the network, what you want to do is you want to send your email to ads, and that's A-D-S, at he said what network.com. And what we'll do is we'll reach out to you and go over what exactly we need from you in order to get you started. Without further ado, our guest tonight is the one and only Mr. Paul Sterling. So, Paul, welcome to the show. Wow, thank you for that round of applause. And simply, (laughs) I love that you are creating a safe space to talk about tough topics, you know, relationships, communication, intimacy, sexuality, all like these things that are so important for us to have a great relationship, but there's so much shame and confusion about them that yeah. people are don't know where to go, don't know who to ask. Right. Well, thank you. And I, I thank you for even being bold enough to step up to the plate and accept the challenge because at the end of the day, this is what we need in order to build the relationships and strengthen those relationships between men and women, whether it's a platonic relationship, a friendship, um, a relationship with someone you work with. We have to be on the same page. So I appreciate you even coming on and, you know, answering these questions. Yeah. Well, what the, I, I once heard from one of my many mentors that, that almost every master started out as a disaster. And uh, <laughs> um, I, I was a relationship disaster. And, and I had to study communication. Luckily, I ended up stumbling on Tony Robbins and ended up working for him. And this mm-hmm. other guy, Bob Proctor from The Secret, I learned from him and Byron Katie. So there's been a long list tours that have transformed me, no longer a disaster. I can't say that I've totally mastered it, but communication is very different. In fact, for eight and a half years, I taught it in prison to inmates. So this is tested technology. Yeah, I agree with you. That's amazing. So let me me ask you this, Paul, and this isn't even part of of the interview, but... With you having those mentors, how do you think um, life would have been for you if you had not come across them? Uh, Very different, very different. Mm -hmm. You know, when I go and teach in jail, I go, you know, a lot of these guys, I started with, you know, not a terribly tough childhood, but pretty tough. I mean, I left home at 17 as soon as I could. My dad was an alcoholic, and he he wasn't all bad. He was amazingly right. charismatic, but he was also incredibly painful to be around. And an older brother who was uh, abusive and ended up committing suicide. And wow. I luckily stumbled on... My mentors, the first one was Robert Kiyosaki, the guy who wrote Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And mm-hmm. it opened up my world that my past didn't have to be my future. Mm. And that relationships were more about skill than luck. You're lucky to find somebody that's amazing and all that. But skill is what keeps it alive. And most right. people 
don't know the difference. Like one of the things I've studied, I, I wrote a best-selling book on it called Argue Less, Love More. And mm-hmm. people don't understand the difference between talking and communicating. Anybody can mm-hmm. talk. Right. Very few people communicate. Right. And so what mm. happens is if you if you get this wrong, it can take a great relationship and make it miserable. It can you end up right. in a downward spiral where little things become big issues, nobody feels heard, understood, and valued. You're tripping each other's triggers and there's something mm-hmm. I call the listening switch where it's like you ever okay. look at your partner and you go, They're gone. There's nobody yep. home. And you don't know what you did. Right. And so let so me when ask I you wrote this. this, go ahead. Let me ask you this. As far as the listening switch, and, and when you notice that your partner has basically checked out, a lot of people, well, I, I won't even say a lot of people, but I think the natural thing when you notice that is to become um, defensive or, you know, irritated. What are some ways that you can reel your partner back in or make sure that, hey, are you paying attention without being confrontational? Well, okay. So what I want to do is I'm going to back up. I want to answer your question. I want to back up one step. What tripped Mm -hmm. their trigger? What turned off the listening switch? And Mm -hmm. the listener can write down right now that out there, hopefully they have a piece of paper and pen because I'm going to give as many hot tips as I can. I have been doing this for five years. (laughs) So there's something I call BSW, bad, Mm -hmm. stupid, wrong. So one of the things that turns off the switch is if they think that you're saying anything about them that makes that's an attack, that makes them feel bad, Mm. stupid, or wrong, guilt, shame, a blame, it's like they checked out. Now, so what we want to do is avoid those things that stop opening on its communication in its tracks and block any chance of intimacy. And so mm-hmm. part of it is we make these mistakes of overwhelming our partner. Like if we think we're starting to lose them, and I laugh with my beloved this weekend because she, <laughs> she made this classic mistake with me, and we mm-hmm. both laugh about it. Cause, but it's like she saw she started to lose me, so she started talking louder and saying more. <laughs> like if I just oh, no. say it five different ways, it's like, the key thing to do as soon as you see that you've lost them is stop. Just stop talking because okay. the switch is off, nobody's home. So, Bree, if you and I were talking and I saw mm-hmm. you, like, the switch go off, I would stop mm-hmm. and go, wait, oh, simply Bree, can you tell me what just went on because it seems like I must have tripped your trigger. Where did you go? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the first thing is to acknowledge it. And then you might have to back up it, and you might actually have to apologize. And go, oh, wow. Yeah, I, I can see how you that felt like I was making you wrong. No wonder you right. checked out. See, mm. there's three things people want. This is, I have literally traveled around the world teaching. I've taught in Hong Kong. I've been to Russia. I've been taught in Croatia and Bali mm-hmm. and around the U.S. Everywhere I go, people want these same three things. Men and women. So write it down. You can draw a triangle. Okay. Put one. The first thing is we want to be heard. 
Okay. If we're if we're talking, we want to be heard. I mean, that sounds mm-hmm. really simple. And it, all three of these are simple. They're just not easy. The second right. thing is we want to be understood. Mm-hmm. So it's not good enough just to hear us, but it's to understand, not only understand the words we're saying, but what we're not saying. What is it we're feeling? What is it we're wanting? And the third thing is to be valued. Mm. And it's if you look at it, a lot of this tends to be along the sexes, but if men don't hear, understand, and value their women, their women are not that interested in opening their body. They just open their heart. Right. And if their heart wasn't met, why am I going to open my body to you? Right. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> and it's it sounds mm-hmm. really simple. Oh, here, understand and value. So the right. challenge here is that on the understood part, because we're afraid that understanding equals agreement. Right. Oh, and we end up. Yeah. So what came up for you, Brie, when I said that? The uh, the agreeing, because sometimes someone is going to say something, and even though you don't agree with it, that's perfectly okay. It doesn't make what they said right or wrong, and it doesn't make what you feel right or wrong. Right. And so one of the mistakes, and the book has five triggers, five main mistakes. Mm-hmm. And part of the reason it has five mistakes, I, if you've ever heard somebody say, I never make the same mistake twice? Yes, yeah. That's bullshit. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're going to make It's like I made the mistake so many times. I went through one divorce, four broken engagements. I went through, and it's like I had to look back because when you're making a mistake, it's hard to even tell that you're making it because you think it's about right. the other person. No, I'm doing mm-hmm. it right. They're, they're wrong. But learning the five mistakes, it's like you start to see your pattern. And it, it's building, storytelling, message assuming, cup stuffing, and the fatal lapse. Mm-hmm. Case building, mm-hmm. it's like if, if you want someone to quit smoking cigarettes or doing drugs or you're trying to convince your kids to behave better or something, it's so tempting to build a case against them. Like, here are the ten reasons whatever right. you're doing is stupid, bad, and wrong. And what happens is rather than convincing them, their listening switch goes off and they've checked out. Right. You can see your mouth moving, but they are nowhere to be seen. They're like, wah, 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 wah. That is a Charlie Brown exactly. <laughs> exactly. I was going to say that. Charlie Brown, there you go. <laughs> And, and so the whole idea here is if you want to be heard, what you have to do is hear first. It's sort of like Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of the, of the Highly Effective People. If you want to be understood, understand first. Right. So I'm going to give you an example of a metaphor for communication. Okay. And my mom, I was living in Denver at the time, and my mom was going to follow me. We were going about five miles to an auto repair place. I was going to drop my car off, and she was going to drive me back to my house. Now, she's not, she's from Arkansas, not from Denver, so she doesn't know her way around. Now, mm-hmm. since I knew where I was going, I could drive, if I wanted to, really quickly 
get to the gas station, the auto repair place, look for my mom and go, what's wrong with my mom? Mm-hmm. She's nowhere to be found. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times we do that in conversations. We know where we're headed and we zip along and then we get confused that the person we're talking to hasn't followed us. Right. So if I wanted you to follow me in a car, what would I do? How would I behave? This is the interactive part of this. So I would say you would take shorter breaks and check in with the person that you're talking to just to make sure that they're following along and also ask them questions just to see if it's actually making sense to them and that they're comprehending. You, you, thank you. You jumped ahead. I was looking at for the car <laughs> metaphor, and then I was going to apply it to communication. You just jumped right to where I was going. That's because that's you're one of those super-powered people. But I'm going to do, back up and look at the car, and then I'll go right yeah. to where you were. In the car, mm-hmm. if you want somebody to follow you, every time you get to, like, a yellow light, you stop. Mm-hmm. You don't go zipping right. through. You check your rear-view mirror. You drive slower. You're mm-hmm. always checking in with them. Every time that you make a turn or change direction, you check in. Did they follow me or did they? Did I lose them? Right. And, the, mm. and you already did. You said, okay, let's apply that communication. Yeah. And that it's the same thing. We're trying to slow the communication down so that they lean in, so that they stay with us. And how I do that is the pizza metaphor. <laughs> I've got okay. all these parables and metaphors. <laughs> Have you ever ordered a pizza yes. over the phone? Yes. What's, what do they do after you order it just before they hang up? They repeat it back to you. Exactly. Why? To make sure that they heard you clearly um, or to repeat it to you so that you know that what you order just in case you decide you want to make any type of change. Right. And I think the first one is because, well, one of my, one of my trainers, a guy named Marshall Rosenberg, who created something called nonviolent communication. Mm-hmm. I can think of my life before, like the, one of the first mentors that really transformed my life was working for Tony Robbins. So I can look at my life before and after Tony, and Marshall Rosenberg was another one that, that I can look at before and after. And what mm-hmm. Marshall said that's really important for people to get is that the normal outcome of most communication is misunderstanding. Mm-hmm. The normal outcome of most communication is misunderstanding. Mm -hmm. So when we're having a misunderstanding or an upset or an argument or confusion, that's actually normal. And what we need is we need tools to be able to create breakthroughs. I, I literally, I have, for clients, I have, a rocket scientist. I have one who's a jet pilot who flies the biggest commercial jets in the world. These are okay. these are not, you know, they're not stupid. Let me put it that way. Mm-hmm. These are right. some of the smartest, most capable people in the world. And communication in relationships still is a challenging thing for them. 
because they weren't trained in it. We confuse right. talking with communication. Right. And one of the keys to clearing up that misunderstanding is it goes back to the pizza thing. What do they do? They feed it back. So if I'm having a communication with you and it's really important, I, if I'm listening, I go, simply three, can I tell you what I think I just heard you say? You mm-hmm. say this, this, and this. Oh, no, you didn't. Oh, let me, well, can you tell me again? Mm-hmm. And if, if I'm the one speaking, I would slow down, and I've even done it here, is go like, can you tell me what you heard? Oh, you heard that. No wonder. Mm-hmm. Let me try again. And I, I want to write down, like, these are some takeaways. Right. If you want to transform your relationship, one a huge takeaway is be more interested in what they heard than what you said. Mm. In the long run, who cares what you said? What I care about is what you heard. Right. And the only way I will know what you heard is to go, simply, can you tell me what you heard me say? Right. Oh, you heard that? No wonder you're upset with me. I thought I said I love you, and you heard that you suck. (laughs) That's That's a big difference right there. And you would be surprised at how right. common that huge a difference is. Because so I, can I, I work with you. Yeah. In a situation like that, when it comes to communicating and, um, you know, taking back what the person actually heard, what if that person, what if you're having um, a discussion and that trigger has occurred and now they've checked out? And when you do go to ask them what is it that they heard, you know, why do you feel this way or, um, you know, what did I do or say to make you, you know, shut down, what if they don't want to talk? Because some people, when they get either into their head too much, they shut down. Their, Their defense mechanism is to shut down. And honestly, that was me growing up. As soon as I felt like sure. I was in trouble, just like how you said, something bad, stupid, or wrong, I shut down. So how do you deal with people who shut down and now they don't want to talk? Well, okay, do you speak any other languages? No. You actually speak three languages that I'm going to tell you about right now. Okay. The language of the head, the language of the heart, and the language of the hurt. It's three mm. different languages, three different ways of dealing with it. Well, you said when you get into their head, most likely it's not their head that they got into. They got into their hurt. And when mm. you're, So in your head, it's all about logic and reason and facts and figures and who did what. When, so understanding is key there, and who's the smartest person is really important. And vulnerability mm. equals weakness when you're in your head. Mm-hmm. tends to be the more masculine place. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm saying tendency because as, as the people of the planet, we're transforming the difference oh, what yeah. is masculine, what's feminine. There's a whole new well, world of possibility out there. Right. So 
When we're communicating with our head, we're using logic, reason. When we're communicating with our heart, it's all about connection. It's all about mm-hmm. feelings and intimacy and what, what do you feel? And vulnerability is key. It's the most important thing here, and it takes courage. The third one is when we're, and I call it the reptile brain. It's a reptilian Mm. brain, and when we're in our hurt, what we're worried about is safety and protection. Mm. Forget connection. I want to know, am I going to make it through the day? Am I going to live? And when I'm in that mode, I'm looking for one of two things. You're either the enemy or the ally. You're either danger or you're safe. And if what I just said got me in a little bit of trouble or even just got me that look, like somebody turned their head and kind of gave me a look, (laughs) Mm -hmm. oh, my God, man, listening switch off, I'm gone. The reptile brain is going, warning, warning, danger, do not say another word. Right. So the thing, though, is I like to call out urban myth. Mm-hmm. There's a urban myth, that, and there was a whole book on it. And I, I want to be gentle on it, but I'm still going to put the BS meter on there. It said, don't sweat the small stuff. Have you ever heard right. of that book? I have. Mm-hmm. They're wrong. Because the small stuff matters. I say Sweat the small stuff so it doesn't become the big stuff. So the metaphor is it's easier to deal with an acorn than an oak tree. Mm, acorn I like acorn that. falls on your roof, no big deal. <laughs> oak tree falls on your roof, you've got a problem. Right. So in communication, a lot of times we're taught to, like, stifle our acorn. You know, don't talk about, well, he, you know, I'm looking over there, left the towel on the floor, left the sock, didn't do the dishes, then, you know, and Mm -hmm. then, like, but I'm not going to say anything because I'm all enlightened here and I don't sweat the small stuff. But that night when, you know, it's like he wants to have sex or something, you're like, "Uh, uh, uh." no, no, Mm -hmm. no, because you didn't, you know, you're upset and it didn't get handled. Or it turns into a big blow-up over something little. So the right. idea is, is um, one of my friends, Scott Thomas, who runs Love Coach Academy, talks about green light, yellow light, red light. Mm-hmm. So green light, my nervous system's in good shape. We can talk about almost anything, finances, <laughs> career, children, the future, religion, politics. I'm down for it. Yellow mm-hmm. light. I just started to get triggered, and I need to let mm-hmm. you know that. So we should stop talking about finances for a minute and remember that we love each other. Mm-hmm. Let's reconnect from the heart before we talk more about who spent what on what and who's earning right. what so that we do it from a safe place. Because after yellow light, it's red light. Right. And red light is, it means stop it in its tracks. Stop talking, stop you, if if somebody says red light, you stop mid sentence, mid word. It's like in the old James Bond movie when the car is hanging on the edge of the cliff, and you like <laughs> you lean forward, it's going right. over the edge. Right. So, 
That's the way it is in conversation. Red light means I want to save this thing from going over the edge. I may need a 10-minute walk. I may need a half an hour. I'm no longer feeling resourceful. I'm feeling reactive. Right. Stan Patkin talked about it in a great book called Wired for Love that we go through three phases, alarm, alert, I mean, alert, alarm, attack. Alert, Mm -hmm. it's like, ooh, you're lying in bed at night and you hear a noise. You go from trying to fall asleep, your head comes off the pillow, you're like, did I hear something? (laughs) And then maybe you hear a footstep and they're like, oh, I heard something and now I'm in alarm. And alarm is trying to figure out when alarm goes off, is there danger? And then Mm -hmm. you realize, oh, it's your spouse or your roommate or your dog. And you go from alarm back to alert, back to go to sleep. But, boy, when you hit attack, that's like the adrenals dump into the nervous system, and you are ready to fight, flight, or freeze. And you might not go back to sleep for an hour or two hours if you got all the way amped up there. Right. Wow. And it's important to notice that. Huh? Now, I was just saying, these are some really good points that you're making, and I hope people are taking their notes with my notepad. I'm definitely I'm turning it to the other page because it's full on the front. Well, actually, if people want, I can, I can tell them how to get a free copy of the book. If, if mm. they go to Amazon, if they go to Amazon, argue less, love more, it's $19.97. And they get a, mm-hmm. uh, well, it's a paperback copy. But that, mm-hmm. I love it if they go spend their money there. And it's actually really helpful to have it in your hands because there's works yeah. in there. I mean, think exercises. But if they go to the website, argueLessLoveBoard.net forward slash, and this is the secret part. I shouldn't reveal it until the end. <laughs> so they stay with us the whole way. But forward slash free book, and Mm -hmm. they'll get a PDF copy of my book. Yes, they have to put their name and email in there, and and it's my book is an act of love. It took me about six months to write it, six years to edit it. I am dyslexic, grammatically impaired. Please do not send me a, a note with all the spelling errors I have had. I don't know how many editors go through it, and yes, there are still mistakes in there. Go get the book, not because it's the best written book. It's the best-selling book because it's helpful, useful, and powerful. It will transform the way you communicate. Awesome. That's amazing. Listen, guys, you heard it first. ArgueLettuceLoveMore.net forward slash free book. Make sure you guys check out the book and and support support Paul because he's just an amazing person, amazing author, and I'm just excited to even hear more. I have more questions for you. But before we get to that, um, we were going to take a commercial break, but we're going to actually take a song break because today is one of our past guests, Caleb Minter, today's his birthday. And he actually released um, a new single as a dedication to all of the moms for Mother's Day. So what better way to say happy birthday as well as appreciate his music 
or playing this track. So you guys are listening to He Sings What with you guys simply Bree and Paul Sterling. This is While You're Still Living by Caleb Minter. We'll be right back. I wanna give you love now while you're still living. Somehow you may have been feel like Thanksgiving. Yeah, you turn nothing into something. Single mother with two kids, you lost your father. You guys have tuned into He Said What with your girls Simply Bree and Paul Sterling is our guest this evening. That track that you just heard is called While You're Still Living, and that's by Caleb Minter. Happy birthday, Caleb. So back to our discussion. I had a question for you um, because I was kind of, I'm sure a lot of women have wondered this. When it comes to a man who is brokenhearted, it's like when men get their hearts broken, it's the end of the world. Like nobody can ever get back in in 
anywhere close to their heart, Fort Knox, how can the next woman show him or get anywhere close to the point where he can love again and love her without feeling like he's going to be hurt? Well, let me start by breaking um, a myth. He is going to be hurt. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. She'll get hurt too. Relationships are not about, like, there's this quote that said, ships are safe in the harbor, but that's Mm -hmm. not what ships are for. (laughs) Your your heart, if you're getting relationships, is going to get broken, and it's going to get broken more than once. See, the challenge is, and this is a decision we all have to make, when we get our hearts broken, do we get bitter or do we get better? Mm-hmm. I've gone through one divorce, four broken engagements. I've had my heart broken probably more than most people, and I am a relationship coach. Now, part of me says I should know better. I shouldn't make these mistakes all around it. Or the other part mm-hmm. says you're the crash dummy for relationships, <laughs> and you've got to get out there and lead the way. Right. Now, the thing that happens is, like, you can't make somebody heal. Mm-hmm. They have to choose it. And the, the thing that happens is if we don't have boundaries that get met, we put up walls. Mm-hmm. And we build up stories that I, I was with a guy one day. We were just having to be out for coffee and We just met each other, and he's starting to talk about something that happened the night before. The night before, he had found out that his girlfriend had gotten drunk and slept with somebody else, and it broke his heart. And now she wanted, she's like, I made a mistake. I want to, you know, let's clean it up. And he's like, no, I could never do that. And he was basically deciding to put up a wall rather than, Mm. than create good boundaries. And the problem is, it takes work. We have to be willing to, to feel it to heal it. Mm-hmm. And so mm. when you're looking at relationships, I've got a whole, this the dropped into the advanced part versus just communication. But to create a great relationship, you need availability, capability, and willingness. Mm-hmm. Availability. Is he emotionally available? Is he physically available? Is he mentally available? Mm-hmm. And then are you capable? Like, if I, I came to you and said, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of start becoming a dentist, and I have a drill that I got at Home Depot, and I have these idiots guys doing root canals, and I'll do it for cheap. What do you say? We give it a shot. Not at all. Not a chance at all. Why wouldn't you trust me with your teeth? You don't have the proper tools. Um, and it'll make me question your entire background at that point. If you're willing to go to that extent with Home Depot supplies, no. Mm-mm. Okay, so you won't trust me with your teeth, but nope. you trust somebody with your heart. Mm. Mm-hmm. Right. And see, being capable, you look at anything else in the world almost, a dentist, a doctor, a lawyer, a carpenter, a, a p- politician, although we've seen some interesting allusions around that one, but almost any of those, you need to mm-hmm. be trained. 
sometimes right. for years, 10, 20 years. To be in mm-hmm. a relationship, what do you need? You're looking good today. <laughs> Let me give that a try. Right. It's like Russian roulette. Mm-hmm. Are they going to destroy my heart or are they going to do it? So it's like there are seven core skills that people need to make love last. Okay. And so, but most people have never gotten the training. And part of what I love about your show is you're interviewing different people that are out there that can help people get more training. So if you want to understand exactly. communication better, if you want to know mm-hmm. what the heartbeat of getting um, – well, actually, let me ask you this question. What is the number one reason to be in a relationship? According to Tony Robbins, Marshall Rosenberg, a lot of the people, there's one mm. main reason to be in a relationship. Um, I'm going to say for growth, even self-growth. That is a subset of what I'm going to say. It's to mm. get your needs met. Uh, okay. And the problem we have, and see that communication is a tool. It's mm-hmm. an advanced tool versus UG. We want food, UG. We want sex, UG. We want to you know, protect <laughs> right. from lion, UG. So as as we evolve as a society, to evolve because it's an right. attempt to get a need met. And see the thing, the difference between healthy relationships. And narcissistic ones is narcissistic ones. I'm only worried about getting my needs met. It's all about mm-hmm. me. And in a healthy relationship, I want to make sure that your needs get met and my needs get met. And the problem mm-hmm. is our vocabulary, since there's so much shame around needs, our vocabulary is very limited around needs. Like when I start, I start by teaching couples the top ten needs. Mm-hmm. Certainty, variety, significance, um, intimacy, and there's three shades of intimacy: mm-hmm. physical, emotional, sexual intimacy. So, separating mm-hmm. those out, growth, which is one of the things you talked about, contribution. So it's understanding that almost everything that you're doing is an attempt to get a precious need met, and the mm-hmm. challenge is. And this is an advanced thing. People might need to listen a couple of times. Like, there is a huge difference between strategies and needs. Don't get okay. attached to the strategy. Get attached to getting your needs met. Mm-hmm. Oh, I said a lot, Simply Breeze. I love it. What did you get? Oh, my gosh. Listen, I appreciate all of the gems that you are dropping tonight because – it's going to help a lot of people, even if they're not in a relationship, take a step back and look at the decisions that they've made in the past and really figure out where they where they want to go future-wise um, by yourself, even as an individual, because I feel like in order for you to be able to contribute towards a healthy relationship, you got to be whole yourself. And... A lot of people are broken, and they're just jumping into the next relationship. They're still suffering from childhood trauma. So, you know, if if people aren't seeking treatment for childhood trauma, how does that pour over into their adult relationships? Well, if 
you want a remarkable relationship, you need remarkable relationship skills. Mm-hmm. If you think about arguably probably one of the best golfers in the world, at least in my lifetime, is probably Tiger Woods. Mm-hmm. Tiger Woods, I might not go to him for relationship advice, but for <laughs> golfing, he's the man. And mm-hmm. Tiger has, I, I, I don't know for sure, so don't quote me on it or quote me if you want to, get it wrong, but I'm <laughs> guessing it's probably five or six different coaches Tiger Woods has. The putting coach, the green coach, the, you know, it's the swing. It's like, why does he have so many coaches and mentors? Because he really wants to, he takes his game seriously. Mm-hmm. If you take your relationship seriously, you'll get mentors. You will not, you will avoid the John Wayne syndrome, which I had. Like, man, I had to figure this out myself. Luckily, mm-hmm. I stumbled on some mentors who kind of like said, dude, you can turn this was directly from Tony Robbins. You can turn decades into days. Don't try mm-hmm. to figure it out on your own. Find somebody who's figured it out. Right. And, like, if you don't update, and this is a term I came up with, your ROS, your relationship operating system. Your relationship mm-hmm. operating system, like on your computer, your operating system connects your hardware to your software. It basically mm-hmm. controls everything in the computer. Now, that's an overstatement. In your life and in your relationships, you have a relationship operating system and it's made up of your habits, patterns, and beliefs. And if your beliefs mm-hmm. have not been updated, like you were talking about, since you were a 5-year-old or 10-year-old, and maybe you grew mm-hmm. up in a family that was abusive, and so you saw mm-hmm. that love equals pain. Right. You need to update that because that's not really user-friendly belief system. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. when I, I, I said I, I taught in prison, I taught this stuff for eight and a half years, and there was women that when I was teaching, I taught the men's side, women's side, minimum to maximum security, and there was sometimes I'd have a group of women that they're like, don't know that they could be in a relationship with a man that doesn't hit them. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. that was almost an alien concept to them. Wow. Wow. And and so to create, that's an old ROS, relationship operating system. And the problem is your operating system is pretty much invisible to you until you go mm-hmm. through an exercise that starts to reveal it. And and a lot of times, well, I'll give you one of the questions from my questionnaire on beliefs. It's like, um, if you're vulnerable in a relationship, so answer the first thing that comes up here, just be asking you to be vulnerable. But if you're vulnerable mm-hmm. in a relationship, they will what? Um, um. Clam up. Clam up. Okay. If you're vulnerable in a relationship, they will. Cry. Cry. All right. So you can look at it, and what happens, You, we go through this same question three or four times, and you'll find that you almost have equal and opposite things. 
if you're yeah. open and vulnerable in a relationship, they will have they will feel safe to be open and vulnerable too. They will clam mm-hmm. up and cry, and it's like it's yeah. like driving around with one foot on the gas and one foot on the emergency brake. <laughs> wow. And we're stuck with these sort of piecemeal belief systems that were never designed to run a relationship. Right. It's sort of like you went to the junkyard and you got, I'll take those tires from that car and this engine from this car. And mm, these things were never the designed to work together. Right. Right. That makes sense? That makes a lot of sense. And the whole heartbeat of this conversation from the beginning has been about communication. Because communication, how we communicate with others, mm-hmm. is going to decide the quality of our life. So if you communicate with well with others, you can be successful. If you communicate well with yourself, you can be happy. Right. Okay. And you look at... My older brother was great at communicating with other people. He had charisma. He was a, a race car driver, martial artist, um, mm-hmm. ladies' man, tons of charisma. The person he had a hard mm-hmm. time communicating with was himself. Mm. So this is a lifetime project. This yeah. is not something like you, you read one book on communication and I'm, that's sort of like, a, well, you know, simply agree. I went to the gym last week and I don't have to go again. I, I've done my final workout. I am now physically <laughs> fit for life. Who, if it was only that way. Yeah. See, even saying it, you laugh at me. Like, yeah. who are you kidding? <laughs> right. Because mm. we're either learning well, we're growing or we're dying. We're learning or we're becoming obsolete. And right. it's the same in relationships. And so learning new ways of communicating so that you feel heard, understood, and valued, and so your partner feels heard, understood, and valued. And learning some of the rules, like if it's important, slow down. Do it a yeah. chunk at a time, and after each chunk, check in. Remember what I said about the pizza? Right, thing. with the car. Mm. The car, yep. exactly. So what I do is try to teach in metaphors that people go, oh, yeah. Can remember, and yeah. Because it's a challenge. Communication is one of the most difficult things we'll ever do. Right. So let me also ask one of the you most this. Important. Um, final question, because we have about nine minutes left, and time has flown by so fast. When you speak of the women that um, you spoke to in the prison who um, didn't think that, you know, being in a relationship with a man who didn't hit them is actually a good thing, how do you get people to understand that being happy, feeling that emotion of happiness and joy should not be a scary thing, that it's actually okay to feel that emotion when you're with someone. It's not, oh, it's too good to be true. So now I have to find something wrong with it and self-sabotage. <laughs> self-sabotage. That's when your ROS has bad programming. 
your relationship operating system is set up to sabotage. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's three words, and now it depends on how you count these words. You gotta, wada. Mm-hmm. I can't tell somebody how they should live their life, and they're going to go, oh, oh my God, I thank you for pointing out that. But it's like if if you want to turn your life around and, and be happier, think about a garden. If, if you don't plant the plants you want in there, weeds will grow on a right. daily basis. If what you watch is just trash TV, weeds are going to grow. If you want to be, you know, YouTube is full of some of the most amazing videos in the world, and it's full of absolute junk. So on a daily basis, if you want to grow and learn, like I almost every day I'm listening to Tony Robbins, Allison Armstrong, mm-hmm. um, Brene Brown, uh, Marissa Peer, some of my peers, some of my mentors. I'm always trying to put something in there to mm-hmm. transform. Your your podcast, listen listen to podcasts that open mm-hmm. your mind and you learn. I, I have something called the Courageous Love Show. Mm. And it's all about putting planting the seeds you want rather than dealing with the weeds you don't want. Right. If mm. people want to get a hold of me, one of the things I do is I have a breakthrough session with them where we get clear where you are, where you want to go, what's in the way. And we spend about 15 minutes together and have a chat and sort of look at creating a plan for them. And people have had to deal with issues like jealousy, betrayal, affairs, money issues, um, lack of intimacy, and they get real. And if they want to work together, we figure out if and how we can work together. I I am not, um, (laughs) let me put it this way. I'm not the cheapest person to work with. If you want uh, somebody who gives their services away, I do give away that first thing. You can you can have a breakthrough session with me for free. That's mm-hmm. a possibility. But if we intend to work together, that's an investment in yourself. And it's investment right. in having remarkable relationship tools. Mm-hmm. And so they can go to argue less, love more, dot net forward slash clarity and just sign up for a session if that's something they want to do. If they're serious about turning their relationship around or if they're single and want to be relationship ready Mm -hmm. and want to have a breakthrough because they don't want to repeat the patterns of the past. Mm -hmm. So simply Bree, I'm going to turn the tables on you a tiny bit. What did you get from Uh today? What was something that you got? Oh man. Okay. First, just just with what you just said, as far as the the breakthrough session, and then you use an ROS, which is relationship operation system. Your breakthrough session is almost like an installation of an app, is it not? Yeah, it is. Yeah. So um, today, oh my God, tonight I I've taken so many notes, and for me, it just feels like. Knowing what you want 
and knowing how to get it with clarity. If you don't know um, what you're looking for, then you're going to accept any and everything, which could be broken, which could be tarnished and, and damaged. It can be negative energy. Um, and if you're not able to even communicate that to the person that you're receiving it from, then you're you're going to, like you said, go through this multiple times until you set those boundaries for yourself and say, I value myself. I, you know, I I know who I am and I know what I want and I want to be heard. You know, until you identify with what's really going on, you're going to forever be a victim. Um, so learning how to communicate with someone is as simple as just being quiet and listening to them so that you can comprehend what's being said instead of waiting so that you can be combative with them because you're not going to learn anything. And within communication, it's all about learning. Um, And with learning comes growth. So if people are not doing themselves that, that justice in listening, then they're going to be where they are right now two, three, four years from now because they haven't even established the the beginning of a foundation to grow. Or 30 or 40 years from now, because this is an embarrassing reveal for me. I've been typing longer than a lot of people have been alive. And my typing sucks. (laughs) Because I got stuck in a pattern years ago, and the pattern hasn't improved. And a lot of people are stuck in an old pattern in, in relating, and the, their relationships mm-hmm. suck, and they don't understand why. Yeah. So unless yeah. you go in and, as Tony Robbins used to say, interrupt the pattern and put it, update your ROS, your relationship operating system, and get those tools, don't expect mm-hmm. a remarkable relationship if you don't have remarkable relationship skills. Right. I agree with you a thousand percent. Before we, we we go, I please want you to let the people know how can they reach out to you and support what you have going on and schedule their breakthrough session with you. Well, there's several things they can do. One is every week I do a, a show called the Courageous Love Show. They can find it on Facebook. And I do that on Thursday nights and um, on Sundays. Probably should have you as one of my guest speakers. I'd love to hear what your take on things. That's one way. If they want a breakthrough session, go to argueLessLoveMore.net forward slash clarity, and there's a place there that they can schedule it. And it'd Mm -hmm. be important if they're in a relationship to schedule it at a time when both they and their partner can be on the call if mm. if they're wanting to work with their partner. Sometimes I work with just one person. It's always mm-hmm. easier and more fun to have both of them. But it mm. is possible if one of them is still afraid or resistant or feels like what's, what's confusing and why most relationship coaching, counseling, therapy fail because if you don't agree on the problem, you will agree on the solution. And they start by thinking that their partner 